Welcome to the Music of America podcast, where every week we visit a different state in America and meet a different guest in the music industry. Every day, Monday through Friday, we begin in Alabama and we end in Wyoming. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. Let's talk music here on the Music of America. The Music of America podcast continues. We're all over the state of Massachusetts today because we're with a band, a Rolling Stones cover band called 19 Nervous Breakdown. 19th Nervous Breakdown will be with us and we'll talk to a couple of the gentlemen, Eddie and Jason, in just a moment. Years ago, I got into an accident at work where I ended up spending a month on my stomach while my back wounds healed. I had scalded and severely burned my lower back. About two weeks into my healing, I realized I haven't had a cigarette in about two weeks, so I quit smoking. Now, that worked for me. I don't suggest it for anybody else. Thank goodness, though. We have a company like Laser Therapy South located just outside of Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Since 2003, Laser Therapy South has been helping thousands of people quit smoking, reduce stress, alleviate chronic and acute pain from all over the world. Laser Therapy South. They've developed their own unique approach to tackle both the physiological and habitual components of addiction to help you achieve total success. Laser Therapy. It's an acupuncture-based treatment that originated in Europe and Canada about 25 years ago. Your success is measured immediately. Laser therapy is instantaneous, so your treatment date is also your quit date. The laser is a cold or therapeutic laser, does not produce heat, does not cut tissue. Most clients instead report feeling more like having had a massage after their treatment. Laser Therapy South. www.lasertherapysouth.com where all your questions can be answered. Check them out if you want to quit smoking. Laser Therapy South, where being a quitter is a good thing. One of my favorite questions to ask guys like you, okay? 19th Nervous Breakdown is a Rolling Stones cover band or tribute band? You know, uh, we, we do get that question, and and I think Eddie has a really good answer to it. Uh, because sometimes- uh, I didn't. It, it. I'm sorry. It, it uh, froze up for a second. I didn't hear the question. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tom was mentioning how sometimes we get referred to as a, a Rolling Stones tribute band versus a Rolling Stones cover band. And oh. uh, uh, the, the big difference that we would have to say is, uh, is that for tribute bands, a lot of times to become a very you know big, well-known tribute, you kind of have to dress the part. Uh, so that would mean and look the part, yeah, yeah. Yep. Eddie would have to. Well, well, the great thing about about Eddie is that he already looks like Mick Jagger a bit. <laughs> so that's one of the reasons we started this. He looks um, a little younger. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah not, not much, but some. <laughs> um, but we don't we don't have like the rest of the band, you know, dress up as you know as Keith Richards or right. Ryan Jones or anything like that. So. Um, you know, you could call us a cover band. You could call us a tribute band. They're both fine. You know, um, the trick is Eddie doesn't really get up and, and dance a whole lot. Right. So, um, you know, he plays the he plays the 1978 Some Girls uh, album version of uh, of Jagger. Um, uh-huh. You know, that tour where he's mostly playing guitar, um, and that's and that's actually my favorite era anyway, where they're just really concentrating on the music on and, the music, yeah, and, and not as much showboating. So, yeah. Uh, but you know that's that, that's that's my definition anyway. And what do you, what's your role in the band, Jason? Uh, I play bass and I do a little backing vocals for uh-huh. for Eddie, mostly who takes care of all the vocals on his own. 
Eddie, do you perform instruments as well, or are you just vocal? Yeah, I'm, I play rhythm guitar. Yeah, okay. Sometimes I'll drop the guitar for one or two songs, but for the most part, I play guitar throughout okay. the night. And you guys do everything in open tuning, or do you have certain songs? Um, do? Sometimes we do. We don't really. Um, we do the open G every now and then, uh -huh. um, but we don't do it every show. Yeah, we have, uh, we have, we have a, a couple of guests. Yeah, that we would probably put in out of out of like three sets for a night. We'd have Eddie do maybe like one set of that in in open G. Uh huh. So. You switch guitars, or do you just tune on the spot? Uh, I have to switch guitars. Yeah, yeah. it's not a big deal. So, yeah, it's actually so much easier. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, you've seen those shows before. So we're going to do a song. Everybody's adjusting to drop D tuning instead of just swapping out a guitar. So you got to talk to the audience and there's nothing wrong with talking with the audience, but sometimes right. you're talking, you're not concentrating. So you're not quite in tune, you know? Yeah. Back one of those things we have to be really aware of if, if we're going to do it, because uh, a lot of times the way we, we run our sets is our, our drummer. Um, we, we run more like the Ramones than the Rolling Stones where uh, we end one song and then it's one, two, three, four, and we hit the next song. So uh -huh. if, you know, we're not prepared for the tunings or have them in a, in a separate area of the set, then uh, it can be a problem. And, uh, you know, we have had some other guitarists filling in who do the open G and uh, you really got to think about it. Otherwise, you know, he's, he's going back and forth with guitars here and there. Yeah. Yeah. And it really, it really cuts into our set because he has to, you know, switch guitars maybe like five times over the course of a set. And uh, you know, that wastes about 10 minutes and we don't like to waste time. So no, you guys, it sounds like your show is like really tight, and you just because I was going to ask you this because in sixty years, right, the Stones have been around playing music for 60, 60 plus years, right? How do you fit that catalog of business into three hours or it's two funny, hours or whatever yeah. you do? Yeah, it's well, uh, you know, they have so many songs. We try to be diverse. You know, we play the country and western. We do some blues. Uh -huh. uh, we we do the disco era. Um. And I, I like to think we play a lot of the songs that some of the other tribute acts don't play, like Emotional Rescue and Faraway Eyes and uh, you know stuff like that. So. There was a, a guy named Radio Rich Dalton in St. Louis who called, it was either Emotional Rescue or Beast of Burden. It was one of those two. He said it's the perfect rock and roll song. The, oh, really? Yeah. Well, they have so many perfect rock and roll songs. That's yeah. What's great. yeah. Um, yeah that's, I agree. And that's, and that's one of the reasons we, you know, when we started this tribute, it was a you know conscious effort to, hey, what are we going to do uh, here, you know? And um, uh, we actually were on the fence. Eddie and I have, have been playing together in some bands for about fifteen years, uh -huh. uh, so it was only about six, seven years ago where we're, we had walked into we had walked into so many clubs and people were like, hey, he looks just like Mick Jagger, and we're like, well, should we do this? Kind of looks like <laughs> yeah. Tom Petty too. Like sometimes they'd have his hair longer, a little more blonde. Yeah, yeah. We were actually on the fence uh, to do the Tom Petty, uh, you know, over the Rolling Stones because we we we've done so many of, of Tom's tunes as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was kind yeah, of the problem with Tom Petty was there was too many Tom Petty bands out there at the time. It was like That's five. Right. Yeah. We would have been competing with four other bands, you know. Right. Whereas so. now we really don't, you know, have a whole lot of competition. And maybe there's, you know, one, uh, it, there's another one somewhere in mass. And uh, then we're competing with the Blushing Brides who, you know, do a little bit of touring, uh -huh. uh, come down from Canada. Uh, and then there's uh, Satisfaction, which is the international 
Stones tribute that that they go all around the world, um, and they've you know they they'll sometimes hit New England. So <laughs> you know to call it competition, it, it's it, it's you 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 can and you can't. I mean, we we kind of do the same things, but you know, again, satisfaction does it on a on a worldwide level, and and I've seen them play, and they really. Wow, they you know they all dress up. It's not just you know one yeah. guy dressing up as Mick Jagger pretending to be Mick Jagger. It's all the other guys, and they run through a set where they're putting together you know a, a, a '60s era or the Brian Jones era, and you know they'll have someone just as Brian Jones for you know right, that right. that part of the act where we don't we don't really do that. We just kind of do it all. Uh, we mash it up. Sometimes we're playing you know. Uh, start me up from you know eighty one, mm-hmm. uh, right, you know right next to nineteen. There was breakdown, which came out in the sixties. So yeah, yeah, that's cool how you mix that up. Then that's because you don't it do is. it. And I think that's one of the things that makes us different. And uh, the Blushing Bride is funny. A lot of people say, "Well, how do you how do you guys compare to them?" And they have uh, uh, Maurice Raymond, who's um, the, the lead singer, the, the Mick Jagger of the group, and he uh he's over the top like you know if you think Mick Jagger's over the top Mm -hmm. this guy goes over the top on top of Mick Jagger (laughs) so I'm like well you know that's great and it's entertaining but that's not what we do but even Mick doesn't do Mick that way right Mick doesn't even do Mick as as much as Maurice does if you ever ever go look them up um yeah they're they're great they they're they were actually the first uh Rolling Stones tribute that like that was well known um probably since I think 1979 or 1980, somewhere around that, that yeah. era. So yeah. years. And, uh, and our sax player, Marty, um, you know, he's, he's played with them. He played with them uh, during some of their tours of new England. So it's kind of cool to have that little connection, you know, like, you know, one member that's kind of the same. Right. So right. Well, that, that whole tribute thing, again, when you're talking about a, a buddy of mine who's a Southpaw guitar player and, uh, uh, he was Dickie Betts in a band called Morgantown. Oh, cool. Which was, uh, yeah. and, uh, you know, it was an Allman Brothers tribute band. Yeah, yeah. And Glenn is a very free-spirited virtuoso. Like, he loves to, like, open jam. He's he's better fit for, like, a, a, a dead band, you know? Right. Because he wants to go off and do his thing. And they'd be doing a song, and even in practice, he'd be playing, just going off doing some of his lead stuff and you know, some of his little tricks and that. And they would all just stop and just look at him. They say, "What are you doing?" Dickie never played that in the song. He's like, <laughs> "I'm playing music, man. That's what we right. are. We're a band, aren't we?" And like, "Yeah, but that's not what we do here." And uh, due to uh, artistic differences, we'll say <laughs> they parted ways. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and that that happens. You know, there's a lot of musicians out there that they want you to play it just like the record. Yeah, and that's that's not really who we are. Um, I, I think we we borrow a lot of pieces that the Stones do, both from the record. I think Eddie goes close to trying to be like the record. I I try to be closer to whatever what they were playing, you know, live in maybe the late 70s, early 80s. Um, but this, even the Stones themselves, they don't play everything the same way for right. each tour. Especially Bill Wyman's parts. I mean, he just was all over the map when it oh. comes to his bass lines. I mean, yeah. if you were trying to reproduce his his bass lines note for note you know it'd be practically impossible yeah and 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 in a live environment like you know bill wyman you you listen to what he was doing on those records and it works when something is being you know mixed properly 
uh, in a studio setting, in a live setting, if I'm not as a bass, if, if, if I'm not following the the drummer, you know, and kind of just keeping uh, a groove in there, it kind of mm-hmm. sounds like it's falling apart. Like we're all just doing our own thing. Yeah. So, um, so Eddie, you're the you're the senior member of the group, I'm guessing, right? Nope. Sal, uh, keyboard player, is the senior oh, yeah. member. Oh, okay. Yeah. And how long, like, whose idea, was this your idea, yours and Jason's idea? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was me and Jay for the most part. We, we like to joke that, you know, it was either the Rolling Stones or Helen Reddy, you know. <laughs> That's so we went with the Rolling Stones because people would always tell me I look like Mick Jagger, you know. And uh, what kind of music or what, what's your pedigree? Like, uh, when did you get started in music? How long you been playing and how many uh, bands you been with? I, I started actually in 1978. I started playing guitar. And actually, the Some Girls album was very um, a big influence on me because that was out at the time when I first started playing. And uh, it was so guitar-orientated for a beginner. It was perfect for me. So. Yeah. So when we started doing the Stone songs, I actually knew all the words to Shattered and Faraway Eyes and all that just because, you know, I had played it to death 40 years ago, you know. Yeah, I played it to death a different way. I was in radio and I hated that song <laughs> because, I, you know, when you're in radio and top 40 radio, you get to play the number one song or the number five, the top five songs. You play them like every 90, no, like every 75 minutes. And I, you know, if I'm doing an eight hour shift, because. <laughs> When you're starting radio, yeah, that's yeah. what you do. You shattered know. or far away eyes? Uh, shattered. I, I wouldn't oh, play yeah. far away eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say that wasn't a top five hit. Yeah. No. Shattered was big, though. Shattered was big. Yeah. Uh, Miss You was big when I was in radio. You know? Yeah. Uh, Beast of Burden was big. Yeah. Beast of Burden was really big. Yeah. 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 Emotional Rescue. That was another one I really didn't like playing. But, you know. Yeah, that was kind of uh, a shock when it first came out, you know. It's one People of those songs, like, now I love it, but I hated it when I was, you know, when I had me, to play it. Me too, me you know? too. Yeah, when it first came out, we were like, what the heck is this, man? You know, the Bee Gees reincarnated? What's happening here? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, and Disco was already out on the yeah. outs for yeah, like exactly. two or three years by then you know like right. you think of the, the whole disco era you think maybe like 77 to 79 maybe trailing a little bit into 80 but when emotional rescue came out what 82 or something like that yeah somewhere yeah. around there yeah. it, right. it was a little it was a little little outdated by the time they actually put it out yeah. oh yeah they were then they were i guess combating with the the hair bands right and yeah yeah yeah, that was right before yeah, the new wave stuff was coming in. Right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh and all that stuff. Well, the the music we're going to play here, we've got a couple of songs of yours, but the first piece we're going to play, uh, Jace, I guess you sent this to me, right? It's yeah. a medley of songs. Oh, yeah, is it a medley? Oh, maybe I sent you the wrong thing, but you yeah, you can me. throw it in there. Well, yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, I think I end up with about six or seven songs for you guys. <laughs> But I really like the medley anyway, because it gives a good flavor of what you guys do, you know? Okay. And uh, do you remember what songs were in the medley, either of you? You know what? Uh, if if I have to guess, I'd say it was probably uh, She's a Rainbow uh, with Dandy. Uh, Line, She's a Rainbow, and Get Off My Cloud. Yeah, probably. If Get that's Off My Cloud, there. I'm pretty sure was on there, yeah. 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 My first ever Rolling Stone song. Oh yeah, the first, yeah. first one I ever heard. First one I ever 
okay. actually paid to listen to on a jukebox at a bowling alley in St. Wow. Louis, Missouri. How about that? How about that for digging up an old memory? <laughs> uh, I'm sure Mick Jagger yeah. still wants his nickel. So. <laughs> <laughs> he nope. probably still has it. <laughs> <laughs> well here's the band they're called 19th nervous breakdown from all over the state of massachusetts and rhode island and the first song we're going to play for you from them is a medley of rolling stone songs anymore I want them to look back I see the 
turn a deeper blue I could not foresee this thing happening to you
Give me 
of Rolling Stone songs with our guest 19th Nervous Breakdown here on the Music of America podcast. We'll get back and talk a little more stones after we talk about River Ridge Farms. River Ridge Farm, Vermont's recreation lover's dream, is a gorgeous recreational rental vacation spot nestled right in the Green Mountains of Vermont. River Ridge Farm is an escape to everything wonderful that Vermont has to offer. This historic farmhouse is set atop 16 acres of fields with mountainous views, pasture, a pond, a tree-lined river frontage. Go and enjoy this beautiful spot right in the heart of the Green Mountain State. Along with the multiple nearby ski and mountain resorts, breweries, restaurants, hiking and biking trails, and other tourist activities, this spot is really unique due to its multiple mountain views and the resident farm animals. So when you make your appointment, talk to the owner and host, Diana, about interacting with the pets at her farm. The pigs love you coming to say hi and petting them, okay? Or just do a just a fun, comfortable farm stay in this modern farmhouse that sleeps 11 guests comfortably. There's enough space to throw events like parties, New Year's parties, uh, wedding receptions, or just relax and rejuvenate in the beautiful Vermont landscape. Check them out. River Ridge Farm. Now, if you check them out on Facebook, you'll have to search River Ridge Farms Jeffersonville because there's like a thousand River Ridge Farms in the world. Or you can go through Airbnb, River Ridge Farm, Vermont. Vermont's recreation lover's dream. I'm a transplanted Northeastern guy. You guys are from the Northeast originally. And, yeah, yeah. Right? Jason, right. Where are yeah. you from? Where are you from, Jason, originally? Uh, from I'm from the Providence area, Providence, Rhode uh, Island. Eddie? I grew up in South Boston. Yeah? Bruins fan? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm a little disappointed from last season. But... I wanted you to see what I'm wearing here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you beat us in, what, 2013 or something? I, I don't know. It seems like a lifetime ago now. I was <laughs> yeah. at game one, though. Uh, St. Yeah. Louis Blues played the Boston Bruins, and they won their first ever Stanley Cup, but they lost the first game. Blues were actually up in that game, and guys were being uh unfriendly toward me i'll say but i didn't get i didn't get the first beer poured on me until boston took the lead yeah. uh, i look at back at the guy and he goes like what are you gonna do you know right. <laughs> and he was about nine beers into the game already anyway so like yeah <laughs> uh, boston sports fans yeah well, you don't have uh rhode island with no you know, no, you there's, even, there's nothing. Yeah, there's yeah, nothing. Got, yeah. Got, it's, all, it's all Boston, yeah. Well, you had... Uh, would you be closer to Hartford, or would you be closer to Boston? Uh, we're closer to Boston. Boston's oh, okay. only uh, about an hour away from Providence. Oh, okay. Or, okay. Yeah. or, or if, you do, if you're talking Boston traffic, Boston is an hour away from Boston. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, That's yeah. why we don't play Boston proper. We just never do. Yeah. 
always try to play on the outskirts and people say, Oh, when you're coming to Boston, I'm like, yeah, when, the, when the money's really good, that's yeah. yeah. Boston, yeah. So. <laughs> I heard that though. I've got a friend of mine that's actually looking to relocate in Providence. Yeah. Uh, he would actually work in Boston, but would live in Providence because it's so much cheaper. That's what a lot of people I do. Yeah. yeah. Like that I know do they, if they have to work in Boston and they mostly yeah. live in Rhode Island or right on, you know, one of the outskirting towns of Massachusetts yeah. um, and then just kind of commute in. Um, you can grab a train right directly from Providence and it gets you to Boston in an hour. Yeah, so, so it's pretty, it's pretty easy. So how long has 19th nervous breakdown been playing? We started the band, I think it was 2017. It was probably uh, around September of 2017. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, then, October, yeah. First yeah. week of October, I think. Yeah. How did you guys survive COVID? You don't. Uh, actually, Jay did very well booking. Um, <laughs> we played in, and we played in a bunch of glass domes, you know, yeah. <laughs> like Get Smart, you know, the cone <laughs> of silence there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. We had a lot of sexy uh, glass hanging in front of us when we played, but uh, yeah, Jay did a did. fantastic job of booking. Yeah, we, we still we still played twenty twenty something gigs that year. Yeah, at least oh, right. We did. That was um. It yeah, was, it was kind of surprising because almost like every other band that we knew just didn't play at all, and uh, we found some like outdoor shows where you know again you, you, people still had masks on or whatnot, yeah, but yeah. they were outdoors and it made it more safe. So. We did a lot of that over the summer, and then, um, yeah, it was it really wasn't that bad for us, you know. We did a yeah. couple, of, uh, couple of events where you know there's everyone was live streaming at that point where right. uh, we you know a couple of venues contacted us to see if we wanted to do a live stream, and you know we did a few of those, and uh, we just we had we had fun with it. And How would uh, it seemed like your your band really? feeds off the energy of the crowd oh yeah and when you're doing a live feed show there's no feedback yeah that that was that that was tough and challenging for us no doubt no because you got to get that energy and and i get it because when you're playing out it's easy to keep the energy up especially if you got people interacting with you and people dancing people but when you're doing it yourself and then okay that song's done and it's crickets you know it it is it is it is difficult and we're so lucky we have so many great fans i mean well i mean they're stones fans and i I must say one one thing that i'm glad we didn't do a a tom petty tribute over is you know he's got some great fans but stones fans are just nuts they are fanatical yeah (laughs) (laughs) and the word yeah, they show up. And, yes, we are. Just yeah, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, they show up in the in the do rags and the you know the chains, the, the uh, wallets, the stones wallets yeah. with the chains yeah. on, and you know, full garb. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, and you know they're always trying to get up in front of us and dance like Mick Jagger. And, yeah, uh, exactly. Right. But, yeah, yeah. But, you know we have a lot of people that just come out to you know, every show when we're in a certain area. And that's the great thing about being a tribute instead of just being a, you know, regular cover band is right. we could go anywhere, you know, with the catalog because everyone knows the Stones catalog, no matter where we are. Right. So, right. Um, you know, so we get people, if we go into a certain area, that's, you know, a little bit South of Boston or Rhode Island or Connecticut or, uh, in fact, we just got back uh, about, you know, a month or two ago from, uh, we did a little tour in, in Quebec uh, with uh, opening up for another band, uh, Bruce Springsteen tribute that we know. And we went to New York in September as well. So, 
you know, we can go anywhere and it's great because we're always meeting like these really crazy stones fans that just yeah. can't believe that, you know, we're there. And I'm like, well, we're just, we're just a man. <laughs> yeah. Funny. Yeah. So, like celebrities. We like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, to some yeah. people, to some people, yeah. especially the way ticket prices are now. Yeah. If you're yeah, really good, if you're really, really good, then you're the closest some people are going to get to actually hearing the stones live. That's exactly. It. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Probably. Yeah, it's, it's a good feeling. It really is. So what happens at the end of the night and somebody comes up and says, why didn't you play happy? You know? <laughs> well, we usually play, if they ask for it while we're playing, we usually accommodate it. Yeah, we, yeah. We, we can't know, play. Everything. We know most of the popular ones. So, you know, if someone yells out, hey, play Sway, we go, okay, let's play Sway. Right. Yeah. But what do you, is there a song that you guys skip over consistently not not in, not on purpose, but you inadvertently keep forgetting to play nineteenth nervous. Uh, there's a couple that are slower that die a death sometimes. Like Wild Horses is a, is one where it's yeah. a, either hit or miss. Either the whole crowd's into it or it's putting everyone to sleep. Yeah. So you know that's one that we might skip, but it's yeah. usually the slower ones. Is there a song that gets requested a lot? Um. Mm. I mean, the, the, everyone's got their favorite. Sympathy. You know? Yeah, sympathy always gets asked for. Yeah. 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 Oddly, a lot of people yeah. always request. They, a lot, we get a lot of requests for Monkey Man, which we always play. Monkey anyway. Man, Monkey too, Man. yeah. You're yeah. kidding. Yeah. No, it's really, yeah. if you're a real Stones fan, you want to hear some of those B-sides. And yeah, uh, yeah. One, of the, one of the complaints we get is, you know, when uh, a lot of times, you know, if we're playing uh, – how do I say like a general audience somewhere and they say, Oh, you know, you've got 60 or 90 minutes to play. And they're like, can you just kind of play the hits? And then you see, you find these real, real huge stones fans. And they're like, well, how come you didn't play, you know, right, this, right. you know, uh, uh, 2000 light years from home. Like, well, you know, we, we didn't play that tonight because most people don't know it. And- <laughs> well, I tell you one of the best concerts I ever went to, I saw Jackson Brown and he didn't play any of his hits hardly. Oh yeah, well, you know he yeah. played he played what I would say like deep uh, deep cuts, you know. Yeah, and, and he said, and it was a really cool venue. It wasn't like a big concert. Well, it was a concert hall, but a smaller one, like a fifteen hundred seat capacity or something. Mm-hmm. And he said, uh, in a venue like this, I want to play the songs that I like and hope right. to share that with you that experience. And that was really cool. He played Doctor My Eyes and he played Load Out at the end. You know, because he had to, but right. and he played maybe five of his hits, but the rest of the night, man, it was just his music. It was so cool. Well, you know, you know some artists are like that, and as long as you're you're billing yourself, saying, you know, letting people know, hey, you're not doing a greatest hits thing. Yeah. Uh, as long as people know what to expect, that's fine. One thing that I was I I still get angry about is anytime I go to see Bruce Springsteen. Uh, you know, I love I love Bruce Springsteen's music and. And whatnot, but when I see him live, he's just playing these these songs that I have never heard. I'm like, and I've listened to a good amount of Springsteen, and he's uh-huh. just got like this list of songs that he's playing that I've just never heard. And the audience is like, either half the audience is super thrilled, they can't believe he's playing this song because they are diehard fans. Yeah, and yeah. I'm an okay Springsteen fan, you know, so I'm expecting at least a few hits here and there. He didn't play. I've seen him a couple of times for three hours. He won't play one song that you know, and then maybe he'll play a couple in the in the encore. You know, right, and, right. And and I get it. You know, you don't want to keep on playing this stuff, but if you're going to be playing like three hours before we get something that we know, I think that's a little much. Yeah. But so your guys approach you, you'll hit a lot of the hits, but you, you the more obscure the B cuts, like Monkey Man, 
you'll yeah. throw those in, but you're not going to lead with that. You're not going to make that your encore. You know, you'll right. have that in there. Yeah. Uh, our encore usually ends up being whatever someone might ask for. If they, you know, uh, oh. a lot of times we'll play 19th Nervous Breakdown as our last song. Well, but, yeah. Ruby Tuesday every now yeah. and then. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But if people are calling out something, we're just going to, we'll just go with it. You know, it's. Do you ever do like just a smaller group of you guys and do like an acoustic show? Um, only a couple times, a handful of times we've done that. Yeah. And, yeah. The pandemic, we did one or two, right? Oh, right. okay. Yeah. We did, yeah. yeah. We did about the two of those. And then, um, we also did, uh, a radio program, which, uh, you might have one of the samples where, uh, we did a small little acoustic just to kind of fit in, uh, into the, into the radio station. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it was limited room. So we did uh, some, right. some great tunes there, like play with fire was one of them. It came out great. Oh, I bet that would really sound good. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, Eddie, Eddie was just great on that one. And we had, you know, Sal playing the piano and um, you know, there really wasn't, I don't even think I was playing bass or anything. It was just, it was really just a stripped down version of it and just sounded so good. And it's kind of cool when you can do that. Um, but as Eddie mentioned earlier, there's a lot of times we just don't do the stripped down stuff, right. uh, mostly because we're losing the audience. A lot of people are there to dance and and have have fun. So we're trying not to put them to sleep with, you know, Wild Horses or Angie. And even only when we really need it, uh, as we, we play, um, you know, Can't Always Get What You Want. And uh -huh. even that one, you know, is a little more speedy and, you know, actually has percussion and, you know, a danceable beat to it later on. So, um, no. yeah. Uh, we were talking, Eddie, before you got on, I was watching a video with Bono, Fergie, and Mick doing uh, uh, Gimme Shelter. And do you have a woman in the band that can sing that? Uh, we did. Uh, we don't anymore. But every now and then we get someone from uh, the audience that can sing. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 90% of them have done a good job. So. so what happened on the 10 percent? what happens is it just always had one 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 too many adult well, I, I wouldn't say they they i don't think they stunk the joint out it just maybe just wasn't as strong as some of the other performance that's all right well that's and, not and that's, an easy song to sing i mean so. it's such a hard song to do uh yeah. you know vocally i i can see where you know any vocalist that comes up thinking, oh, I can do this. And then once you actually start screaming yeah, exactly. rape murder, rape you murder. Know, three or four times, you realize your voice wasn't ready for it. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. I've got uh, a real good friend of ours that, that sings pretty. You know what I mean? She sings beautifully in church and she wants to sing that song so badly. I'm like, you know. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Drop the vibrato. Drop the vibrato and do some tequila shots. Then we'll yeah. talk. You know. <laughs> well, the next one of your songs we're going to hear is your version of Shattered. So, what makes Shattered such a good, fun song for you guys? I think it's, it's all the words in it. Yeah, it's just a mouthful. You know. Yeah. <laughs> and look at me. Yeah. I'm in tatters. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, Eddie, Eddie's great. And like he was mentioning earlier, you know, he he, re he remembers all these lyrics. And I don't think if he had just heard this song, uh, you know, two years ago, he would have remembered all the words. But it's been ingrained in his head for for so know, many. Yeah. So many years. Yeah. Now. When um, you know, yeah, exactly one of the first songs I ever jammed on and with the, in a band setting was shattered, actually. Oh, no kidding. Huh. Yeah. Of all songs. Yeah. And did you know the, all the yeah. lyrics then, too? 
Uh, I think I did. I might have been reading them off the uh, off a sheet. I, yeah. I mean, yeah. that, that was when it was first out in 1978. So yeah, we're gonna give it a listen here. This is 19th Nervous Breakdown, Rolling Stones tribute band coming to us from Massachusetts, and the song "Shattered." <laughs> with the band 19th Nervous Breakdown, Rolling Stones tribute band from Massachusetts. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day about my brother's couple's workbook called Two Years After Forever. It's sort of a like a how-to guide to improve your communication skills, which, as anyone that's ever been in a relationship knows, is crucial. 
So as we spoke later in the conversation, I mentioned the book again. I said, two years after forever is the name of the book I told you my brother wrote. And she interrupts me. She goes, oh, wait, wait. Oh, your brother's book. I thought you meant a book you borrowed from your brother. Three little words, my brother's book, two entirely different interpretations. Well, in two years after forever, there are exercises that help you form better communicative skills to avoid pratfalls like that one. Along with your partner, learning and applying these exercises help you get back on track to why maybe two years ago or so you pledged your life together forever. Two years after forever. Two years after forever.com. Available at Amazon today and forever. Eddie and Jason are with us here from 19th Nervous Breakdown. What's a show like when you guys, do you come out like Eddie, do you, uh, do you do the Mick Jagger rooster prance at all or? I'm uh, not really. No, every now and then I'll throw it in, but no, the chicken dance. No, mm-hmm. not really. No. Well, so I, I say rooster because he's, you know, he's a male. I'm, I'm real yeah, right. specific. <laughs> I never, I never thought of it in that, those terms, but yeah. <laughs> so you don't, did you, when you first started doing this, uh, whatever? No, not really. Cause I, I play guitar the whole night. It's kind of hard to, to do it every now and yeah. then I'll, throw, I'll sling the guitar in back and I'll put my hands on my hips, but uh, it's not part of the act per se. Yeah. yeah. Jason, what's the biggest room you think you've played? Oh, wow. Uh, Jeez, it's a good question. Um, uh, New Hampshire gig. Oh well, yeah, real well. <laughs> we play a lot of outdoor shows where there's yeah. several hundred people, you know, or sometimes even five hundred people. So, um, but indoor gigs, wow, maybe it's you know only like maybe three, four hundred people tops. Uh, what's the standard crowd for Nineteenth Nervous Breakdown? You get a hundred, hundred fifty. Uh, yeah, for the most part, sometimes we play some smaller clubs there, you know, we're, we're local to Rhode Island and mass. And there's a lot of small business owners that, you know, they own small venues and, and we like them and we've had a good relationship. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're really big in paying back our debts. So there's, there's people that, um, you know, believed in us and, and putting on these shows, uh, before we even knew we could do it. So, uh, <laughs> you know. It's kind of it's kind of a payback to uh, you know honor right. our original price uh, to to help right. them you know still make a buck. So yeah, um, and if if the club owners treat us well, you know, and very nice to us and stuff, it goes a long way. You know. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah there's yeah. there's some there's some smaller paying gigs that we just do because we like to do it or we like it there. We're treated well or, or when we're there, they, you know, the, the the fans are great. Um, some, some places, uh, you know, we only started, I think this was Eddie's idea only about a year or so ago. We just started throwing out a tip jar because every, everyone and their brother just throws a tip jar out, uh, yeah. whether you're in a band or whether you're, uh, working at, uh, you know, the, the front Applebee's. desk at Applebee's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Eddie started putting out a few things and some, we've some, there's some days we're cleaning up more on the tips than we're, we're making. Isn't that club. funny? One of the places in St. Louis, I think you guys would play the, and I don't know how they do it now because they've changed owners, but uh, we got a a base pay, which was next to nothing. But -hmm. then we got uh, 50% of the door up to a certain dollar amount and then 75% of the door up to a dollar amount and then 100% of the door after that, after he made everything he needed to make for the night. Right, right. We made more money doing that. We made more money at the door and tips. Yeah, because you know, people come yeah. up and throw ten dollars yeah. in and say, "Can you guys 
we did That's... some uh, Pink Floyd stuff. Which, by the way, we were talking about cover bands. Are there is is Pink Flag uh, Pink Floyd the most covered cover band out there? It seems like there's about a hundred Pink Floyd oh. cover bands out there. Uh, well, I don't know. We're starting to like uh, around like, here. There ain't no, no. There's really, really? not. No. Uh, the ones that we bump into the most would have to be Led Zeppelin. I think everyone Tom comes Petty, Zeppelin. Yeah. Uh, again, there's about maybe six Tom Petty tributes that we know. Wow. Uh, yeah. yeah. yeah Zeppelin really big. In in Vermont, it's Pink Floyd, and and bigger than Pink Floyd is the Grateful Dead. Yeah. yeah there's quite a, bunch, there's there's quite a, a few Dead fans here too. Yeah. I was never a Dead fan. Never will be a Dead fan. Yeah, uh, you know, I just never got it, but I love the stones. Yeah. Figure that out, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's, it's two different kind of flavors. That's all there is to it. When you're not exactly. listening, when you're not listening to Rolling Stones music, Eddie, what do you listen to? I'm a big Beatles fan. Yeah, you know, I grew up in the '60s. You know, so I just went to Liverpool, did the whole Beatle experience. So how that exciting was fun. that would be! Fun. Yeah. So you I, get uh, kind of sick of, the, sick of the Beatles after three or four days in Liverpool, let me tell you, even if you're <laughs> a huge fan. If I heard Penny Lane one more time, I was going to commit Harry Carey. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, you couldn't go buy a pack of gum without here in Strawberry Fields. It was That's just like, funny. it was too much. So. I've just, uh, like, I grew up about the same time as you, you know, and the Beatles came in, I was seven or eight years old whatever you know when big beatles thing took off i never really got into the beatles until recently now i can't get enough of them and I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm getting like what really got me was that thing that was on disney plus there was a oh the get back yeah get back, get back yeah. documentary it's so cool to Great. sit and yeah. watch the the expression i use is watching sausage get made you know <laughs> as nobody likes to watch it get made but they love to eat the sausage i love yeah. watching it get made how they're sitting there just noodling around on something or another, and all of a sudden, get back comes out or something yeah. comes out or whatever, you know. Yeah. Fascinating. How about you, Jason? When you're not listening to Stones, who do you listen to? Uh, I listen to a couple, couple off the beaten path uh, things a lot. Um, there's this, there's this band from Texas. Uh, they're on the Texas Mexican line where their their name is Krungbin, and it's uh, actually this band that's. Um, they, they they mix some styles like Thai like funk and like these other these other styles. They're just like a three piece instrumental band, and they do a little bit of vocals here and there. But you know, you, you, when you mentioned you know the uh, the Grateful Dead, I started thinking. I'm like, oh yeah, well, I don't listen to a lot of jam bands, but I listen to them, and they're they're a little more than a jam band, but they they have such a, a uh, this this class and and flair about them, uh, especially yeah. if you see them live. If you look them up um that it's just it's just it's amazing to watch and i just love their music and a lot of times it's on repeat in my car really? um, so yeah again i know it's off the beaten path probably not what you were expecting but i listen to like a lot of a lot of 60s stuff i'm a huge monkeys fan uh so i'll, I'll sit there and listen to the monkeys a lot uh, or any of their solo albums or things like that um, don't you think the monkeys are underrated as a musical yeah. group absolutely absolutely and it should be in the hall of fame oh yeah well they 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 ticked somebody off so they'll never be in the hall of fame for some reason yeah yeah um well uh i'll tell you read read a book read a book called uh hotel california it's about the 
60s musicians up on Can Laurel Canyon? That, that's my favorite era. I always tell people this all the time. They're like, oh, if you ever go back in time and do one thing, I said, I would go back in time and just live in Laurel Canyon in like the, the mid, you know, 60s yeah. to like early 70s and getting to hang out with, I mean, you know, Torque and Dolenz, but you've also got, you know, the doors were up on Sunset Strip and then, oh, really? you're going to hang out with, uh, you know, Stills and Young and, and just every everyone else like their mamas and the papas and and just hang and jam with them and i mean just think about it me uh zappa uh alice cooper I right mean, right such uh, such a, a great uh, that's the that's to me that's history's like best array of talent in one you know square mile just about you know if you've never read the book man i strongly suggest it it's just it's name dropping like you wouldn't believe yeah and it's such yeah. an incestuous time because really you know was. uh whoever is with whomever and then they break up now he's with them but apparently right. uh apparently there was something if i remember correctly in the book there was something with the monkeys and it might have been da i'm thinking it was davy and mickey and an lsd experience that's all i can remember <laughs> and just picturing the monkeys doing acid just yeah. that, that that image just i can't get that thought out of my head you know yeah but I think well, Mike Nesmith was one of the most underrated songwriters ever. Ab absolutely, and I and I've met I've met all four of the monkeys. Uh, God rest most of their souls. Um, yeah, I, I got the chance to meet them and and you know show my appreciation for them. And um, you know, again, they came out as kind of like you know a version of the Beatles. So just because they weren't the Beatles when the Beatles were in their heyday, they yeah. kind of got the, the short end of the stick, you know and. I remember seeing Peter Tork one time and he's like, he's like, you know, we got blasted for not being the Beatles because, because, but we were just one of 16 billion bands who weren't the Beatles. So right. he's like, <laughs> what are you going to, what are you going to do? Well, the story I heard about them was that on the, on the, on the, on the tale of help, the success mm -hmm. of help, some Hollywood guy got this idea and says, why don't we do that on a weekly TV show? And they hired studio musicians that could act and actors that could perform. And that's how they formed the beat are the monkeys. Yeah, it's yeah. Random people that they put together. Did you yeah, know the that Beatles meet the Mock Brothers? That's what they yeah, said. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Now Stephen Stills actually uh, had auditioned for that. And, I did uh, not know that he was Peter Tork's yeah. roommate at the time, and he, when he didn't get the part, right. he, he, gave, he gave an audition to you know oh, he said here's, here's you know hey, Peter, this is where you go. So. Peter Tork and Stephen Stills are just living together, you know, doing their thing as music. Mm -hmm. I'm like. And those are two guys I, I love listening to anyway, or yeah. know, at least the bands that they were in. And um, just, again, an amazing time. I, I just go back in time and be their roommate, like their third roommate and just hang yeah. out. Yeah. Well, I always have a special place in my heart for Peter because we share the same birthday. Oh, lovely. So, yeah. Fantastic. Well, listen, the last song of yours, I, I saved it for the last because I know it's only rock and roll, but I like it. And it's such a great song. And it's a song that stood the test of time and then again and then again. And you guys just just kill it. You just do such a great job with this song. So tell me about that. Tell me about uh, what you bring to only rock and roll. Okay. <laughs> Eddie. <laughs> we, we, never get asked, we never got asked that question before. I know. Uh, you, you're stopping me on that one. Um, uh, it's just a classic rock and roll song, I guess. Everybody digs it. People don't even really know it. Um, really get into it, and it's so good live. It being loud, and you know, the droning E chord. Yeah, um, it's one. Yeah, of the songs it, in every set list, we have it pretty much 
near the end just because it's it's a great it's a great right. you know, closing tune or near closing song well it's like yeah uh, i think that that gets lost in the shuffle of all their songs too people don't put that on the pedestal as much as some of the other ones right yeah. that's what i was saying rich dalton i think said beast of burden is the pentultimate yeah i think it's only rock and roll bar none yeah. is the best yeah, rock and roll song fun. it's in the title <laughs> yeah <laughs> and I know it's only rock and roll, but I like it. And that gets to what so much art is. I don't know what it is, but if I like it, I like it. You know, there you go. That's it. And then you yeah. guys just do it justice. So I really dig that. So, guys, 19th yeah. Nervous Breakdown and their version of only rock and roll. <laughs> Yeah. 
so much. From all over Massachusetts here on the Music of America podcast. This is a band called 19th Nervous Breakdown. Our uh, last segment of the show, guys, we call Shameless Self-Promotion. So this is where we talk about anything that's coming up for the holidays or New Year's or shows or festivals or anything that you want to talk about, how we can support you helps. So tell us what we can do. Well, one of the things that you can do, uh, we always say this, we are on both Instagram and Facebook as 19th Nervous Stones Tribute. So you can always look us up on Instagram or Facebook there and give us a like or give us a follow. Um, We love having the likes and follows. It it actually helps with... uh, you know, getting more gigs and better gigs sometimes. Um, yeah. Saturday, December 2nd, we're going to be at JNR's Indian Head Pub in Hanson, Massachusetts. And Friday, uh, December 8th, we'll be at the barn in Groton, Connecticut. So uh, that's kind of... And then, um, aren't we in um, Rhode Island too, right? Aren't we in Sports Legends? Uh, yeah, that's the end. Well, that'll be before... That's December, yeah. Yeah, yeah something like that, yeah. So around New England tour. <laughs> and yeah, and coming in 2024, hopefully Vermont and St. Louis, right? We hope so. That's, yeah. that's yeah. the goal. Uh you went to Quebec, right? Any plans of going back up next year? Yeah, we'd love to go back up. We're hoping to get back up there next year. We'll see how things go. And um again, if we have a couple uh shows that are surrounding uh the Quebec dates, um, that would make the most sense. So we're gonna see how that how that tour works out this year. As soon as you find out, you let me know. And if nothing else, we'll stop and grab an adult beverage when you guys pass through, okay? That would be fantastic. We'd love to do that, Tom. Jason, Eddie, thank you so much. That's the 19th Nervous Breakdown. Our guest today up next, the Music of America podcast continues with Aaron Chauncey and a band called Herringbone. You've been listening to the Music of America podcast. If you like today's show, please go to the website at www.musicofamericapod.com or our Music of America podcast Facebook page. Like us and follow the show and episodes. We tally the votes of all our shows, and the most listened to shows will be rebroadcast on our best of shows at the end of the season. I look forward to having you with us again and listening to the Music of America.